0: I've never grown tired of, I've I've grown tired of many songs, actually, but never great is thy faithfulness. It was written by Thomas Chisholm in in 1923. He's got kind of an irremarkable story. He was a poem writer, and he wrote lots of poems, but he was struck by this passage from Lamentations 3. Lamentations was written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah and Lamentations follow each other. They're both written by Jeremiah, the prophet. He's called the weeping prophet. It's a couple of the most depressing books in the Bible. A good portion of it, Jeremiah spends, you know, imprisoned in a pit. This is Jeremiah, just uh, heavy Jeremiah, and Jeremiah writes about all this, it, and the reason he was so depressed, he had good reason, was God's judgment was really coming on the people of Israel. They, they turned away from God, really turned their hearts from him. And God allowed the Babylonians to come in and, and conquer Israel, Jeremiah along with uh the people of israel the remnant that was left and that weren't destroyed were taken off into captivity and and we understand that lamentations was likely written in captivity where he was writing lamenting complaining um bitterly about what what had happened to them and crying out to god in a very very sorrowful tone grieving over their losses and and uh in the middle of this Lamentations, in the middle of all this darkness and complaint, a ray of light shines in the passage in Lamentations 3. This is what it, what it says. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed... For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Jeremiah is, is able to, in the midst of, by the way, those are the words we get from Great Is the Hymn, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. You know, they are new every morning, Great Is Your Faithfulness. That's exactly where Thomas Chisholm got that, that idea. But Jeremiah is able, in the midst of great catastrophe and and loss, to give testimony to God's faithfulness. How? Well, he looked beyond his circumstances, which were ugly, and he looked up, and he looked to the character of his God. And he'd come to know that God had this amazing characteristic. God was faithful. And that meant the world to him. How did he know that? Well, even in spite of the, the circumstances he, he was in, he could look back on the history of his people and, and look how God had, had stepped into a situation where people were crying out in slavery for 400 years. And God stepped into that and brought them out of Egypt, these the people of Israel, and brought them into a promised land. And, and he'd seen year after year how God had been faithful to his people. Their scriptures testified to God's faithfulness. And he became to he began to know this God in a very, very personal way. He began to know that even in the midst of this terrible trial, God could be trusted to keep his promises. That even in these places, even in the darkness, he was still Yahweh. I am who I am. I am the God with you and for you. Amen? Now, we could spend all morning talking about this characteristic of God, his, his faithfulness, but our understanding of God's faithfulness is often, I think, caught more than taught. And so it, it really comes from our own experience of God as we go through life and often go through difficulty. And so this morning, we're, we're going to actually hear of, of some people's experience of God's faithfulness in their lives, and I, I, so this morning I've asked a number of hillsiders to come and actually share brief stories of God's faithfulness in their lives, trusting that as they share, that uh, we might be inspired and our, our faith might grow. So these people are brave today, willing to share their story. Uh, let's uh, we're gonna, I'm going to call them one by one. We've got a number of them coming. Jason Schmidt is uh, is here. Jason is a student. He's uh, going to Waterloo University, University of Waterloo, and uh, he's working here on his co-op term. And uh, he's in his second year. Is that right? Done second year, so he's going into his third. So let's uh, let's listen to Jason.
1: Two years ago, uh, I graduated high school. I'd kind of flown by the seat of my pants through it, um, picking courses I thought would be fun. I've never been the kind of person to look, you know, a year ahead in the future. That thought stresses me out a little bit. Um, So halfway halfway through grade 12, I I found that I needed to pick somewhere to go after school. Um, Chose Waterloo, as well as a couple other options, and uh, I chose computer science. Turns out that fortunately, the courses that I had taken led themselves Uh, into computer science well. I would taken all the right courses that I needed to. Um, Furthermore, I wanted to go into math at Waterloo, and uh, because computer science at Waterloo is under the math faculty. Um, Turns out that fortunately, two years ago, um, I had made a decision to take a higher level math course, which I don't know. I I had never pictured myself doing. Yeah, so that that was what allowed me to get into the program. Um, So I graduate, get in. um, Two months later, I head over to Waterloo. Um, I know two people a little bit. Uh, Most of my friends have gone to SFU and UBC. Um, In orientation, uh, you know, you, you meet a lot of people that you talk to for five minutes maybe get their phone number, and then never talk to them again. Um, But there was one person who I ended up spending more time with. Um, We ended up, I I headed back to my room, um, and he noticed a Bible on the floor of my room, and he said, oh, are you a Christian. Uh, Do you you go to a church around here? And I was like, well, yeah, uh, it's, you know, elevations over just near the square, and he said, well, can I come with you this Sunday? I'm a Christian. I was looking for a church. Um, so God gave me a, a Christian friend instantly within, within days of me arriving there. Um, yeah. However, he wasn't in my residence. Um, I didn't really know that many people in my residence other than my roommate, um, and he was out a lot of the time. Um, so I ended up, yeah, I, I I didn't know many people. Uh, one day, I was um, just sitting in the lounge, uh, trying to see if I could. I don't know. I I think I was. I had gone up there to help someone with homework, um, and then ended up helping this other person uh, with her homework. Um, I ended up doing that a, a couple more times because she needed help with physics, which I, yeah, <laughs> taken. Um, Anyway, um, we became good friends, and um, turns out that a lot of her reasoning for her program uh, was motivated by kind of fear reasons, kind of wanting to look good. Um, yeah, anyway, that, that was part of the reason why she was struggling. She ended up over the course of uh, four months or so, she ended up switching programs, um, starting to come to church, and by now she's decided to get baptized. Wow. Um, I've cut a lot of the story out there because it's not my story to share, but um, yeah, God, God is just, is just good. Um, I was not expecting that at all. Um, so after first year, uh, I I was part of a program where I took uh, three semesters in a row. All my friends left for the summer. Um, however, my cousin knew this household which was looking for someone to sublet for four months. Um, so I ended up going there. Turns out that it was a Christian household, um, and we ended up running a small group out of there. I didn't know anyone going in, and... And they were just welcoming, and yeah. Um, However, that summer was uh, the first summer where I had to look for a job. Um, I hadn't held a full-time job before that. I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, But I thought that I I should stay in Waterloo. I had met some good people. I should should stay there, try and cement relationships, that kind of thing. You know, I had only been there a year, um, so I applied to jobs which are mostly in Waterloo, uh, but I applied to about five jobs in Vancouver so that I could tell my parents that I had applied to jobs in Vancouver. (laughs) Turns out, I got a bunch of interviews. One of those interviews, oh, first of all, three of those jobs in Vancouver, I instantly was rejected from because I didn't do the application right. One of the other two, I got an interview for um, come ranking time, I only got one offer, and it was for the job in Vancouver. <laughs> so God had decided that I was, I was coming back, and it really is a lot better here. I'm glad he did that. Um, yeah, one of, one of my other worries was that the, the job in Vancouver was actually quite a bit better, um, but I thought that I was meant to stay in Waterloo, so I was worried about it being unclear. God made it quite clear to me. Um, yeah, even even this past semester, um, applying for jobs again, um, there were a couple ones where I, I, I thought would be where I should be, uh, kind of ended up getting one unexpectedly, and it's yeah it, it it's been way better than I could imagine. Um, I could I could keep going on about how. Um, I, I haven't needed to study for tests, not, not in that way. But I, I haven't. I've only studied to understand the material, and God has made it so that on the test I can apply that understanding of material. Um, I've been able to uh, find Christian groups seemingly randomly, walking past people. Uh, they start a conversation, and um, and now I, I can get involved with other Christians on campus. Um, but the point of this is that it it wasn't fortunate that all these hap- things happened to me. Um, again, I I am not the best long term planner, but even even then, God still looks out for me. Um, he He takes what I. The little that I can do, um, and and even even when I am not faithful like I think I should be, God is just is so faithful and puts me exactly where I'm meant to be. Um, Sometimes it doesn't make sense. My the first job that I had back in Vancouver was in. People people would ask me, "What industry do you want to be in?" And I would say not mobile games. But I ended up working my first job in mobile (laughs) games. So, yeah, God God had better plans. Um, Yeah, just at at this point, I'm learning to trust him since he he knows what he's doing with my life. Thank you.
0: For any of you that are sending your kids across the country to school, you can take hope that God is looking out for them too. Praise God. Uh, Penny Vendiola, do you want to come on up here? Penny, uh, where are you? There she is. Penny, uh, if she looks tired, it's because she helped orchestrate a wedding a couple weeks ago. She's Jordan's mom. We haven't known her as Jordan's mom all this time. She's just been Penny, but now you're Jordan's mom because Jordan's our youth worker here and but uh, Penny, uh, Mary DeSanson, and and uh, daughter Haley, uh, why don't you share us share a little bit about what's on your heart?
2: I have always identified as Jordan's mom or Haley's mom. It's just just a mom. Um, as Jordan was saying, my my son got married a couple weeks ago, and uh, when they first got engaged in February, I mean, I never thought that 2016 would be the year of. Big wedding in our family, and it's a big first wedding in our family. And I, um, when they first told us that they were they got engaged, I thought, well, that's great. That's she's a beautiful girl. I, I love her dearly, and I and I hope you get to know her as well. She's 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 really um, just a real gift from God. And uh, but then I just assumed that well, sure, they're getting engaged this year, so they're going to get married next year, right? And they'll, they'll be planning for the wedding and that wasn't the case Jordan said well no mom actually we'd we'd like to get married in June and I said June like that's like five months like how can you possibly put together a wedding in five months that's just not possible and he says no we're getting married in June and so then we started our family my husband and I we started scrambling and trying to figure out how we were gonna get this all together and um, and beyond the wedding I had some serious concerns and, and, and was quite anxious about the fact that my son is actually still in school and he works part-time here at the church and and so young his um, his wife is, is working as well but she's here on a on a student visa and so financially they are not stable and as a mother that gives me great concern and it just really scares me and I thought well Lord how can this possibly happen Like. They're—they're they're not. They have no money, really, to speak of. And—and and where are they going to live? And—and and I had all these questions. And I was—I was—I was just really, really anxious and, and worried. And i am a worrywart, anyway. So. And through that time, you know, God kind of reminded me. He says, "Well, well, think about where where you came from." And. You know, I—I'm not going to go into the whole story, but basically, I mean, I—I got married at eighteen um I'm still married to my husband and that in itself is a miracle (laughs) and uh (laughs) and you know and I and I had Jordan when I was 19 so it was not an easy time and we we came to Canada I I was already a Canadian but I I won't get into it but I met Sanson in the Philippines and and we got married there and and I had to sponsor him to come to Canada and uh, I was I was actually quite a rebellious child, and I, I gave my parents a really hard time through life. And um, when we first arrived here to Canada, it was um, it was really difficult. I mean, we we, we literally had no money. Um, we we had to rely f- pretty much 100% on my parents. We lived at we lived in their in their basement. Um, they supported us for a while. You know, it, it took a while for Samson to get on his feet, and and and. Um, go from one job to another and then i then i had jordan and I, I i couldn't work for a while and um so over time god was really you know faithful in 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 providing for us um i oh, want sorry and then going back to when i was you know f- reflecting on this uh, as jordan had announced he was getting married god reminded me of a verse that um i actually had in our our wedding program when we got married and it and it was you know that that classic Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, you know, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And, you know, God reminded, was reminding me of that verse because when I look back on where Sanson and I first started and the struggles that we went through, and it's really true when they say, you know, when you first get married and you have no money, it, it causes a lot of strain. <laughs> And there was a few times where I really felt like our, we weren't going to make it. And um, it, it was just maybe it would be just better if we just, you know, separated went our own, you know, our own separate ways and, and, and just, just call it quits, you know, and, and start over. And, and a lot of well-meaning friends would say, well, you know, Penny, you did get married really early, and, and you're still young. You could start over. You know, and, and you get a lot of advice like that sometimes from non, non-Christians. Um, but you know, we threw a lot of prayer. For, I think from from my from my mom, and um, and just I don't know, just a sense that just God was always there. He's, he's He's always provided for us. He's He's always provided us with with shelter. He's always provided us for, with food. I mean, we've we've never gone without. Um, and you know, Sans and I both have had some health problems along the way as well, and and. There's just so many. I could go into like specific examples of numerous times that, that God has been been faithful to us, but just just looking back from where we started and and to get to the point where we can celebrate my son's wedding, it it's just. If we could all just kind of look back and, and see where the journey started and to where you are now, I mean you can you can really see how God has been faithful throughout. Throughout the years and, and throughout my throughout my life personally, and so I, I was kind of I was really grateful for that for that time of reflection, and um, it it reminded me actually of a time when something that that God brought to my mind was um, we were in the Philippines a few years ago and uh, we went I went zip lining, and I'm terrified of heights. And I thought that would be, like, a good way for me to, you know, get over my fear of heights. And it, and it wasn't. <laughs> and what he brought to mind was, you know, you, you start from the... You, there's a beginning and then there's an end. And that whole time when I, when I let go and I was hanging on to that zipline, I was, I was terrified. And I, I, most of the time, my eyes were shut. And I was holding on tight to that, that pulley thing, right, that's, that's, that's hanging on to the wire... And then I and I was thinking to myself how ridiculous that was because I'm holding on so tightly, and yet if the thing falls, like that it doesn't matter how how tightly I'm holding on to the pulley, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop down to the bottom of the canyon. Um, and so God was telling me, you know what? It's, it's it's like it, he's like that that wire. It's like a steady wire, you know, that he's he's just always there, and that I, I, I could have let go. You know, and, and you see those people when they're ziplining and they've got their arms out and, you know, their legs, and they're like, yeah, and it's like, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> and I thought, why? Well, I, but I, I realize now that, you know, you, you, you can kind of, you can go through life like that, right? Because you know that, that God is, is there, and he's, he's always, he, uh, there's, there's also that song from Casting Crowns, it's called Held, and there's a, there's a verse in there, and it says, um, you're not alone. You know, I'm, um, it's something that you don't have to hold on, that you can just let go and, and be held. And, and I think now, if I go back, to circle back to, to my son getting married, I realize now that I, I don't have to to worry about him, that God is holding on to him. And if God can take care of me, and my family, and we're where we are now because of God, that He's gonna take care of my son and He's gonna take care of So young. And I don't have to have sleepless nights. Like I I, I can just rest in knowing that God in his faithfulness, as he took care of my family, he's gonna take care of, of Jordan and So Young and, and He will He will you know provide for them just as he provided for us. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Um, just to have that peace and, and know that I, I can trust in God for, for that. Because, you know, as, as a mom, you know, you you love your kids and you want the very best for them. And, and I'm a bit of a control freak. And now I've I've come to that point where I, I can't, I can't control his life, right? It's, he's he's on his own journey now he's he's starting his own life and um like i god has just told me just spoken to me and just said that you know you can you can be you can rest and and, and be assured that i I'll, I'll take care of them just as like i took care of you so um, i'm i'm just really grateful for that
0: I, that, that ought to be a word for, I, I think somebody in the room is in that place right now, you're on the zip line, and you're hanging on for dear life, and the Lord wants you to just go, Whoo! somebody, not all of you, some of you are in the middle of it, and you, you're not there to do that yet, but some of you, I think you're in that place. Uh, Mackie, where are you? Mackie, our guitarist of this morning, he's going to come. Uh, Mackie, he's infamous because he's my one of my closest neighbors in the church. We live in the neighborhood. they they. They drop by once in a while unannounced with their little kids, and I love their children. Uh, and I, I'm i somewhat fond of Mackie, too.
3: Yeah, you've, you've dropped by more. Um, remember yeah. that time you caught
0: me with the uh, car door open? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I've, I've, we, we've had kind of an accountability relationship just by living in the same street. Here you go.
3: All right, thank you. Um, it's different standing in... Uh, like in Frontier without my guitar. <laughs> um, so, um, well, uh, growing up, I, I, I actually grew up in a, you know, like a very good home, very loving home. You know, like my, my mom and dad loved me very much. And uh, um, uh, one of the things, I guess, they, you know, like you, when I, when I look back, I guess it's, um, oh. <laughs> I'm used to holding a guitar, <laughs> not a mic. Um, it's, um, yeah, you know, like you, when you love someone so much that, you know, like you kind of shelter them from, from some things. Because um, I found when I, when I, you know, like when, when I got outside and, and got to experience people outside the home, like outside our home, you know, like I discovered pretty fast that, that people can be um, so mean. And uh, um, yeah, so it led to a lot of um, hurt and um, uh, so one of the things that, that was kind of instilled in me from a very young age was fear. Um, so it's uh, like a lot of it's fear of being rejected, um, fear of uncertainty. Um, um, I didn't have very many friends growing up as well. Um, so I was kind of like the uh, the outsider. Um, so it was um, a lot of uh, f- fear of fear of being alone um, and, and fear of not measuring up. Um, and you know that that kind of st- uh, stuck with me from you know like from from starting out in school and uh, you know like at times being you know like being bullied. Uh, myself, right, and, um, you know, like, all the way to, to, to high school, you know, like, I never found, really found a place to, to fit in, I, I felt, anyway, um, and then if that wasn't stressful enough, so um, so, I, so I grew up in the Philippines, and, uh, um, you know, like, my, my dad was doing pretty well, like, he was a businessman there, and uh, um, he got... In, involved with some some really nasty people himself um, and he, he um, we, we had we had to leave right so, so I was 18 when, when I left the Philippines and um, so I was taken from, from, from all I, I, I guess all I've known at, at that point in my life and then you know like just you know like dragged to a whole different country. It wasn't Canada right away. I, I lived in LA. For uh, for for a few months, and then uh, finally finally came here, and then you know like if I didn't fit in there, <laughs> coming here, you know like I felt I felt a lot worse, uh, you know like and it was you know it was painful. Um, uh, for for a while I I forgot about the things that 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 gave me joy, like I um, <laughs> well I left my. My guitar back in the philippines and um you know like so you know like i'm in here you know like it was one of the things that i enjoyed the most growing up you know like the only thing i could kind of you know like ha- not having a lot of friends right like just having the security of you know like that piece of wood in front of you right and um you know like my uh, one of the other things was um my mom growing up she always brought me to church right and uh she um yeah she 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 always made it a point and then she always talked to me about 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 God and uh, and about and about prayer um said you know like um yeah just you know whenever you pray you know God is listening every time right like so you know like guaranteed you know like he'll he'll come through so like during that transition, going back to that, um so it was it, it was really tough, and okay, um I forgot about church for a while, and uh I had a few lows, right, and um so yeah, my mom reminded me again, you know, like um you, you don't pray anymore, you know, <laughs> why don't you you know like just ask God for help so. Um, this was my time in in university uh, as well so like you know like i I prayed to God you know like um just to help me with those fears that I had and you know like one of the biggest fears uh, at that time was you know like like fear of um of being alone and uh you know like so so that was i guess the top of my list and um yeah so i I just prayed to God constantly right like um Every, every waking hour, every, you know, like every every time I was with my mom in church, you know, like, well, um, we were Catholic, so I'd light, I'd light a candle, <laughs> right? And then, you know, like, God, you know, like, I don't want to be alone. Um, one of the best things happened, though, you know, like, it, it took some time. And, you know, like, good thing my wife isn't here right now. She's downstairs and with the kids. Um... God, God gave me my wife. My, God gave me grace, and um, you know, like um, she was the, you know, like one, like the, the one of the people that I could um, talk to and just bare my heart. You know, like no matter how stupid, <laughs> what you know, like what what I think. Is in my head, you know, like she, uh, she 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 listens. Sometimes she tells me I'm stupid. I mean, what I, what I'm saying is stupid. I mean, and uh, <laughs> just to bring me back to reality. Um, but you know, like um, she's there, right? And um, well, that that's not the best part, I guess. Uh, the best part is, you know, like God did not only give me um, someone to be with, but um, he gave me someone who, who would help bring me closer to him. So uh, Grace was a Christian, um, and, you know, like, uh, when we first started dating, um, said, oh, you know, like, uh, what do you think about church? What do you think about God? Um, would you come to church with me? Uh, right? Um, I went with her one time, and then, you know, like, um, and then a few other times. Um, uh, like, on a side note, she told me, um, you know, like, hey, what do you think about leading worship? You know, like, um, or, you know, like, what do you think about our singing? Right, and I said, um, well, you guys sing too much. Uh, <laughs> right, like, it's supposed to be verse, verse, chorus, verse, anyway, um, and uh, yeah, so that's something I never thought I would, I would do, but, you know, like, <laughs> I end up doing it. Um, on, on Sundays, right? And at one point, um, yeah, I got to, you know, like, to, to lead, you know, like, at times, right? Not, not here, but... Um, so, so he gave God, you know, like, uh, what I found out is what you... Sometimes you ask God for something, um, and he ends up giving you more yeah. than what you... I, I guess that's the point <laughs> of my story. And... And um, you know, like one of the other things I was, I was praying for is God. You know, like like this fear that that has been a part of my life. You know, would you would you help? You know, like would you help me with that fear, right? And then God's put, you know, like, like well, not only my wife, right? She's put, you know, like a whole bunch of other people. Um, well, she's God's give given me uh, put me in this church, right? Um, where you know, like I've met people that you know, like, you know, like, that that kind of helped me and, you know, and, you know, like, so I'm, I'm starting to slowly gain that that confidence with knowing that, um, you know, I, I do not have to be afraid. Um, numerous times I've had people say to me, you know, like, and quote the same thing over and over again, you know, like, be strong and courageous. Um, you know like for you know like for god you know like god, well god is with me god is with us um through whatever we could be going through and um yeah so it's um you know like people can th- can say you know like even my mom would say you know like yeah you you're definitely a lot more confident than uh, than i've known you right and uh you know like when when i look back i don't think it's i don't think it's me you know like it's it's more it, it, it feels like it's more God, right? Because like, if, cause if it was just me, but, yeah, I don't think I could do it. So awesome. Awesome.
0: Thank you, you. hear the, uh, the thread of God's faithfulness through his life, and uh, he was looking for one thing, and God gave him more. I like that. That's awesome. Kevin and Suzanne Slater, uh, do you want to come on up here? Kevin and Suzanne, where are you? Get them warm hand, <laughs> longtime time siders
4: Good morning. Um, uh, even though our story goes back only through the last 12 months, there are a lot of details and it's very dangerous so we could be going off on tangents so we'll try to stick to script if that's okay. Um, This is really a story about just God's faithfulness through the last 12 months as we uh, faced a health crisis in our family concerning our uh, 24-year-old son. So last summer, uh, Sam began to experience some numbness and weakness in his right arm and leg. Uh, By the fall, uh, he was no longer able to play soccer because of the, the weakness in his right leg. By winter, he was unable to snowboard and he was having difficulty continuing to work as a landscaper. Uh, An MRI scan showed that he had um, a benign tumor growing inside the spinal column on the right side of his neck. And it was pressing upon the spinal cord causing that weakness. Uh, We saw the neurosurgeon in January and he recommended urgent surgery at BGH with EEG, uh, which is electrical monitoring. Uh, The tumor was going to continue to grow and would likely cause him to be quadriplegic within about a year. Uh, The surgeon was optimistic that there wouldn't be any further loss of function after surgery. Um, But he warned us that only 80% of people having the surgery would experience recovery, neurological recovery, after surgery. And Sam's condition was continuing to get worse. He also told us that Sam might need a fusion of two of the vertebrae in his neck uh, if the spinal joints weren't stable. Um, So a fusion would involve putting screws through the vertebrae to hold them in place. And the problem with that is it would really affect movement of his neck quite significantly. Uh, and uh, so, Sam's surgery was scheduled for uh, a Friday, April 15th, um, almost three months after seeing the surgeon, uh, and we had hoped for much sooner. At this point, it was pretty clear to Suzanne and I that we were facing the wall that we remember studying about uh, at Hillside last year uh, in Peter Skidero's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Uh, and uh, the wall as those will remember is a a critical event which can result in a faith crisis Uh, and accessible a successful journey through the wall can result in a deeper and more meaningful and intimate relationship with god through this time we received much encouragement and support from our families and friends uh, and they all wanted to stay informed as what was going on and it would have been impossible to call everyone uh, with all the information and details that they needed so Uh, So we decided to send out an email and uh, advise everyone uh, about new information as it became available. These emails became much more than just a vehicle for sharing information. They became uh, like a living journal that chronicled our faith journey through the wall. They told of our fears and invited others to pray for specific things that Sam needed, asking God to offer his peace and his protection and his healing and to be in charge of the timing of the surgery that we were uh, so impatiently waiting for. Uh, And uh, in those emails, we asked God for for three main things, that Sam wouldn't require the fusion uh, of the vertebrae, uh, that his surgery date would be moved up sooner because it was just way too long, and that Sam's healing would be complete and that he would once again be able to play soccer and to snowboard. In our desperation, we decided to risk embarrassment and put God's name out as a test within these emails. We hoped that our faith journey through the wall would encourage others who heard our story uh, and that through this, God's name would be glorified. As a physician, I often felt powerless through this process of seeking healing for my son. In my weakness, I began to turn my hope towards God, he being the great physician. And for the first time in a long time, began to start my day with a devotional time. Suzanne and I began to pray together for Sam and for our other children and we reached out to our Christian family at Hillside for prayer and support. Our faith was strengthened as God began to answer our prayers. So a CT scan of the spine showed that the spinal joints appeared to be strong and that a fusion of the vertebrae would not likely be required. On March the 7th, I called the neurosurgeon to advise him that Sam's right side was getting worse. We all felt that he couldn't wait any longer for surgery. And despite a full schedule and upcoming spring break holidays, the surgery was moved forward to March 10th. So with the first two prayers answered, our faith was building and we were increasingly confident that God was setting us up, or setting the circumstances for, God's, for Sam's complete healing.
5: I can't even begin to tell you, I'm hoping I don't cry, <laughs> how hard it was for me to walk out the months leading up to Sam's surgery. It was like agony. As a mom, I noticed every little change in the movement of his hand and his foot and worried about every delay in his treatment. Some days, I didn't feel like getting up and facing the day. Then I remembered that Sam, despite his increasing symptoms, got up every morning and went to work without complaining. I knew that every morning that I would need to get up and spend time with God in order to face the days ahead. And and that was so amazing in itself. We fasted, and we prayed for his healing, and we took communion together as a family, knowing that Jesus died. Not only for our salvation, but for our healing. We knew God understood our heartbreak for our son, as he'd given up his only son for us. And I am so thankful for the people, the family that I had, who I relied on, and the Hillside family who became so dear to me over this time. So finally, March 10th came, and we took Sam to VGH. And I remember walking up the stairs with him. And he could hardly walk up. There was a really strong warm wind blowing that morning. And I remember feeling like a strong sense that God was saying the Holy Spirit was there with us. And then later that morning when I shared that with Kevin, he said he had felt the exact same thing. So I felt really encouraged that he was showing us. He was there. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, we checked him into the operating room, and we settled into the cafeteria to wait for the five hours of the surgery. And I knew, knowing me, I would just worry and go through all the worst-case scenarios. So I decided I would listen to worship music, and I went through and just read psalms. and, And it was amazing, the peace that he gave us. And we fasted that morning also and we prayed that God would just be directing every movement of the neurosurgeon's hands and that he would show his power through what he did that day. So after the surgery, the surgeon came to talk to us and he told us that he had successfully m- removed the tumor without any complications and it didn't require a fusion. We were praising God for that because that, could, that meant he had complete movement. He also told us that during the surgery, a remarkable thing happened. As he peeled away the tumor, the electrical monitoring immediately started to spark up, and and they realized that his his spinal cord was immediately happier. And they said that was sort of a remarkable thing. They don't see that happen usually, so we knew that was God in there. Uh, and later that afternoon, we saw Sam get wheeled out of the recovery room. We saw him on his way, and he goes, look, Mom, and he's moving his hand like this. I can't even tell you because, I mean, he was holding his hand like this because he couldn't move it, and he was going like this to us as, we, as he passed us by. By the second day um, after surgery, he was, uh, he was already walking, and, and you have to know he, has, he got a scar way down his neck right in that muscle. And they said it, the recovery was going to be like three to six months. But second day he was walking. It was discharged on day five. And then when we went to see the surgeon for his follow-up, it was about, I think it was seven weeks after his surgery, they said he could go back to work anytime. He had just recovered miraculously. Like we said, his recovery up until now has been uh, totally miraculous. He just, the other day at dinner he said to us you know what i basically feel like i am 100 percent back to normal and the chances of that were like five percent so that was just so amazing to me the last thing i just want to say is i remember just the other day praying and just sort of seeking god sort of just trying to hear him sitting in his presence and um i was i don't know why i started to think about this big huge eight inch scar that sam has down his neck and i, I know god could have answered that prayer without he could have just instantly done it but i felt like he told me that he marked sam for him so that we would never forget about his faithfulness and what he did for us and that sam would never forget it and and i just god is so good and so faithful and and that's our testimony today
0: I've heard more of that story. We journeyed along through much of that. And to hear of how God answered in so many details in that way, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, May Green, where are you, May? Going to have to ask the last two to be brief. We, we're going longer than we thought. Uh, but uh, So, May, if you could keep it brief, that would be awesome. But we want to hear from you this morning. I you know you've prepped and have something great. May is uh, relatively new to Canada her home country of Iran, and uh, we, know, we knew her first as Faraday, but she's changed her name to May. She's fully Canadian, and so uh, great to have you share this morning. Uh,
6: thank you so much for giving me a chance to share some some briefly my story. As you most know, I was a Muslim. I was born in a Mo- Muslim family and country and i didn't have a chance um, at least in my childhood or after that because um, you know that that was a that is a, is a uh, islamic country and uh, government is is the most uh, dangerous part of the life of christianity in iran and then i want to tell you about my story how to get here Uh, when i decided to change to my christianity and then after almost six years and i was in dangerous for sure and because my my colleagues knew the fact i changed um, to christianity and uh, and i didn't know that but i just trust jesus to lead me whenever is correct and is a perfect place and i got a letter from the church and then I moved to the Turkey. Actually, I had a tough time in Turkey. I was there without my family, and then um, even Turkey um, has uh, so many Muslims people, and then they don't accept, actually, the Christianity, but I had to hide my Christianity and then I lived in a small city with, with a religion, uh, religious people. And I didn't know that, but uh, it was like two years and four months. That was a long time. And, uh, sorry. That was very difficult. But I, I kept going. I kept going. I just trust with Jesus and God, and then uh, I tried to um, to went to U.S. with my friend. Um, I had lots of documents and uh, to go there because I um, I thought that place was good for me because because I have a friend over there, but God had a different plan for me, and then. I'm here right now and even I got here, I was quite new, new country, language, culture and everything and I just me and then you can imagine if you know anybody, if you know nobody here, just trust Jesus and then, okay I'm here and I tried to find my way and then I started uh, coming here. And then now I'm so glad, I'm so grateful to be here with a great family and I know I have other ways um, for sure because I'm here just just four years and I have so many plans but I know I'm not alone. I have a great family and thank you so much for everything.
0: Wow. Come on up Kathy Jo. Kathy Joe, married to Aaron and two daughters. Great to have you here.
7: Thank you. Good morning. I'm a bit of a shaker, so don't be distracted by that. Um, <laughs> when Darren asked me to first share about God's faithfulness in my life, um, I just felt really excited, and I had so many memories of the different ways that God has been faithful to me in financial provision and miraculous healing and all these things. And as I sat down to pray about it, um, I felt God asked me to share about his faithfulness now, in this season, and it's not as exciting for everybody else as it's been a hard season for me, and, um, oh, didn't think I was going to be tearful, here we go, Um, so just the (laughs) the last two years, having two small kids, being a stay-at-home mom, um, feeling, I know a lot of people can relate, just that feeling of being depleted, and not a lot coming in, a lot of going out, and um, having no food nourishment for myself. Um, and about a month ago, actually, about a week before Duran asked me to share, um, I was just at a really low point, and I went to spend some time praying and just asking Jesus, like, I don't even know where to go. Like, I'm so, I'm so depleted. I don't, I don't know what to do. And um, having that sense of, you know, who am I now? I don't even know who I am. It's <laughs> a big question. And he gave me a picture of myself as a tree, and it's a, a large, tall tree, um, dried out, kind of withered, a little bit sad looking, um, but strong, with deep roots. And uh, those, those roots are keeping that tree alive, and this deep, deep root system. And I just had the sense that being in a, almost in survival, being kept alive by my roots, um, there was no new, um, there's no water the tree wasn't being nurtured, no water coming down, no sun to grow it, to provide it, to give it leaves. There was no beauty in it, and there was nothing, there was no place for anyone other than, you know, anybody else to take refuge under it. There was no shade. It wasn't providing shade, and um, so just a sense of, of self-survival, and as I had that picture, I just asked, well, what do I need to do? Like, how how can I nurse this tree back to health? How, do you, how are you going to nurture it? And he just spoke really clearly to me and told me to spend time with him. And time is not something I have with two small kids, especially both of them who don't sleep. And uh, I was like, okay. Um, But it was just so clear to spend, to bask, these are the words he gave me, to spend time with me, bask in my sunshine, and let me pour my rain, my showers of truth over you. And I said, how? (laughs) And he said, get up before your kids. And I just like, (laughs) <laughs> it just seemed impossible and almost cruel to ask me to get up before my kids. And uh, I did out of obedience. And the first morning, um, I did it totally out of obedience. And I didn't even know what he wanted me to do. I just, I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, Should I read something? Should I whatever? And he just asked me to pray. And so I started praying every morning before my kids got up. And it's been such a transformation in my life. I can't even... I mean, you could ask Aaron. I feel like he's experiencing me as a different wife. <laughs> and, um, and my desire to be with him, in the beginning it was a response of obedience. You know, like his, cl- his calling t- to spend time with him was so clear that I had to obey. And after a couple days, it was um, a response out of desire. I want to be with you. And my alarm clock would go off at a terrible hour. <laughs> and all I would think was, I get to talk to Jesus Um, So it's been really transformational for me, and um, just feeling like I'm emerging from that state of self-survival, that maybe buds are starting to grow, that this tree, the hope, the dream, is that God is giving these, this tree, leaves that are beautiful and able to provide shade, that I would be a blessing to other people. And so, in uh, this very draining season, just seeing God's faithfulness, firstly, was just in the fact that I had a deep root system, that I had a history with him of intimacy with him, of trust in him, of love, of seeing him work in my life. I had that in place and that was already a gift from him and his faithfulness to me. And then after that, um, just him calling me to himself to meet with him and how he is transforming me.
0: Wasn't that rich? Uh, that was a, a meal this morning. Those six stories of God meeting different individuals in different ways, and we were privileged to have. I think ho- the holy morning being here to listen to that. I'm gonna. Uh, we uh, are gonna eat, and so I'm gonna ask you to be patient for another five minutes. Uh, music team, do you want to come on up? We're gonna close in, in a song in a moment, but I wanna. Just two thoughts. I love this quote from John Ortberg. He says. Never try to have more faith, just get to know God better. And because God is faithful, the better you know him, the more you will trust him. We're talking the root system that Kathy Joe was just describing. Uh, it's sort of a support structure. Just the more you get to know him because God is faithful, the more you'll trust him. We're going to sing to conclude today. We're going to sing Brian Dirksen's song, Faithful One. So unchanging. It's an older tune. Some of you might not know it. Let me tell you where he wrote that song. Uh, Angel and I, our family, were privileged a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, to visit a uh, retreat house, a, uh, a vacation home in Ucluelet, over in Vancouver Island, overlooking the coast. And uh, it was a couple of retired school teachers who turned their home into a retreat home for Christian workers. And here was Brian Dirksen, a, a Christian musician and songwriter and so forth, uh, he was over there in a particularly difficult season. He's got six children, two of which diagnosed with Fragile X Syndrome, uh, which is basically a significant... I, I don't know too much about it, except it's a significant form of autism, apparently. And uh, he was in that season where he's just dealing with all kinds of things, including his family, uh, this this family health concern that was just weighing on him. When your kids are sick, honestly, as, as Kevin and Suzanne shared today, just... Uh, There's nothing bigger in your life than those things in in those times. And it was during those weeks where he sat in quiet. He was there for a month in the same home that we stayed in. And it was out on that front patio looking out over the ocean and considering his God that he wrote the words to this song, Faithful one, so unchanging, ageless one, you're my rock of peace. He'd be looking out over the rocks of that I can, I can picture it in my mind right now. He says, Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you again and again. And he goes on to say, he says, you are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. All through the storm, your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. And I would say that Kathy Joe, I would say that Kevin and Suzanne, I, w- I would say that Brian Dirksen and some of the others that, that shared this morning, they had moments like Jeremiah where in the middle of what was really dark times, a ray of light shone down and, and a reminder to put your hope in the Lord because he's faithful and you can trust in him. That's our encouragement this morning. We just stand together. Let's sing this, uh, this great chorus. We'll end with that. Yeah. This time really if you haven't made it a prayer make it a prayer whatever is going on in your life right now when you sing i call out to you again and again may it be whatever you're going through right now look to him as being the answer for that let's let's sing it again as a prayer to him We praise you this morning for your faithfulness, that you're with us. You're the God who's for us, and you see us through all seasons of our lives. You're the God who steps into our situations and releases us from fear, who who snatches us from danger, Lord, brings us to safe places, God, and and restores us when we're depleted, when we're at the end of ourselves. You come in and and you re-nourish us, God, and, and bring us back to life again. You heal the broken, you restore the hurting, and and we know we can look to you. And we ask you this morning that you would increase our faith, that we might get to know you, that we might be able to, each of us, have our own faith story. We'd be able to share of your great faithfulness, Lord. For those who are in it right now, in the middle of it, I pray that as they cry out to you, they would find you as their hope and their strength their deliverer and their friend in the midst of whatever they're in. And Father, today as we uh, celebrate each other, as we connect uh, over hot dogs, we now uh, just give thanks to you for that. I thank you for the team that are, are cooking outside right now. Would you bless that meal and our time together as we eat together. We pray these things with gratitude and praise in Jesus' name, amen.